I've got my bottle of water. So if, sometimes I get emotional. <laughs> and I was sharing with my friends earlier, I'm sure some of you that if you ever speak, you know the little trick that to keep your bottle of water handy. Because if you get emotional, if you take a swallow of water, it's supposed to put that, get rid of that lump in your throat to keep you from crying. And those of you who know me know that I am a crier, so I'm trying to keep it a little bit lighter tonight. So, okay, thank you so much for having me tonight. Um, I've been really excited, and as Ty was saying earlier, um, how y'all have been praying, I can truly feel the prayers that have been lifted up. Um, I don't know you, but I have been praying for you. Before I ever come in here, I was praying for you. Several weeks, whenever Bella had reached out and asked me if I would come and speak, um, I have to say, I, I told her right away, I said, okay, I've got to go to the Lord with this because I need to, I need to make sure I get confirmation that, that this is what I'm supposed to do. So um, to kind of give you a background of when I get up in the morning and pray, I put my feet on the floor and I thank God for allowing me to put my feet on the floor and for coming into this day for giving me an opportunity to go into the day that in all of history has never happened before, and he's given me a chance to walk into it. Then I ask him, Lord, give me opportunities to share your word and your life. So needless to say, it didn't take long before I called um, Bella back or messaged her back and said, yes, I'll do this. Because I get up every morning asking God for that opportunity, and how can I say no whenever he gives me an opportunity to come and, and to speak and lift up his word? So thank y'all for giving me this platform today, giving me this opportunity to share his word. Um, I saw the picture. I'm going to talk about that picture in just a little bit. Um, but this is our family. I'll go ahead and talk a little bit about it right now. This is our family. My husband is with me tonight. He's sitting right back here. And um, this is our, my, son, my son, Ryan, daughter, Madison. The little girl in the middle is our godchild, Haley, and our son-in-law, and our daughter-in-law, and our, my, my husband's parents are with us on there. My parents are in heaven with the Lord. And so, and then our faithful fur babies. We love our fur babies. So, and I've got a story about them in, in shortly that I will share with y'all. But we also have, after this picture, we have a, a little addition to our family. I'm not sure if you've got that picture or not. Um, but we have, there she is. That's our little Ella Grace. <laughs> so Ella Grace came a little while later. She is now getting ready to turn nine months old. And this little smile that you see warms our heart. If we ever feel in just having a day that we're struggling, all we got to do is on our phone, we just look straight at that little face and it just brings us joy. The other little face on the other side brings us a lot of joy too. And that's our dog Palmer. And he has a story behind him. Um, we never were looking for a dog, didn't have any intentions of having a dog. And um, I was on the way to church one Sunday morning, and it was on Palm Sunday, so hence his name, Palmer. And um, someone had set him on the side of the road, and he was on death's bed. Um, the vet thinks that he was probably a bait dog. And um, I carried him home. He smelled really bad. I gave him to my husband. He's like, what am I supposed to do with this? This was right after COVID. What am I supposed to do with this? I said, just take care of him. I'll be back. We'll find a home for him. Three years later, he's still with us. We cannot imagine life without either of these here. That joy right there and then this joy right here. So anyway, and we'll come back to the family picture shortly. Um, but I have been praying about this moment and that God would lay on my heart what he would like me to share. And I pray that, um, that he would just open your heart to the message that God has laid on my heart. 
I keep praying that God will remove me and replace me with the Holy Spirit. And I pray that that's what you hear and what you see tonight is the presence of the Lord. I pray that his presence is so heavy that there's no denying that God is here among us. Um, one of my favorite verses, this has become one of my life verses, is Joshua 1, 8, 9. I'm going to open with that tonight. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, being careful to do everything that's written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. I've had to pray this over and over. This is my opening prayer when I open up God's Word in the morning. I start out with this here. Actually, I start out with, I've got a little thing that, um, that we had in children's ministry a long time ago, and I remind myself who God is. So I start out reminding myself that God is my rock, my redeemer, my sustainer, my savior, my Messiah, my, the holy child, the mighty God. I go through all of this reminding me first who God is. And then I start going with Joshua 1.8. Um, we have a history with Furman. We don't live far from here. We just live a stone's throw away, so it's not very far at all. And uh, matter of fact, if any of y'all ever want to come and have dinner, come on over. I tell Bella that all the time, and I mean it. My husband's probably back there saying, no, 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 don't do that. But, um, but we, we have always had a lot of kids at our house. Um, so anyway, you're always welcome at our home. I'd love to cook dinner for you. Um, but we have a history here. My husband proposed to me um, here many, many years ago. We were high school sweethearts, and he proposed to me on this campus. And we had went to the clock tower, and he had had a bad injury with his leg. And so he was um, in a cast all the way up to his hip, and it broke his tibia amphibian. And so he was like limping, we were, you know, going down to the little clock tower thing. And we get to the clock tower, and um, so he's getting ready to propose. And we look up, and all these fat belly spiders stop, start dropping. And so he starts hobbling out. I'm hobbling right behind him. So anyway, we go, and he eventually proposes to me. Um, we had dated for a long time before we got married. He graduated from Clemson, and um, once, as soon as he got, he graduated, we got married and moved to Charleston, and then it wasn't long later we moved back home. Um, but after we moved back home and we started our family, I had Ryan, and uh, Ryan was about four and a half years old whenever we had our daughter Madison. We would come out here to the pond, to the lake, and um, I would walk and push her around in the stroller, and Ryan was a little bitty thing, and so he would walk around, and we would sit at the pond, and we'd feed the ducks and the swine. There used to be a lot more ducks and swine back in the day. But there were, we, had the, we would feed the ducks and the swine and um, the carp. I don't know if y'all still have the big carp or not, the turtles and all that. But we would feed all the birds and just have a, such a great time. But then afterwards, we would get up and take our plastic bag that we had left over, and we would walk around the campus, and we would start picking up trash. And so anything that somebody had left on the ground um, from picnics, from whatever, if there was trash or cigarette butts or whatever, we would start picking up this trash. So as we were going through and doing that, Ryan, in his sweet little voice, he would say, Mommy, why do people keep messing up God's world? And that's how, we, how he would say world. Mommy, why does people keep messing up God's world? Um, he's 31 years old now. He doesn't appreciate every time I say something like that. He's like, I did not sound like that. That was not my voice. It was. I still hear it in my, in my, my mind and my heart all the time. But the question is, why do people keep messing up God's world? We live in a messy world. There's no denying that. Um, we hear it on social media, or we see it on social media. We hear it on the radio, on TV. Everywhere we turn, there's a big mess. Um, 
And it may not just be a mess that we're hearing from somebody else. It may be a mess that's going on within us that's deep within our hearts or within us that we don't want anybody else to notice or that we keep to ourselves, afraid that if somebody else finds out about it, that we'll become an outcast. So we just keep it deep within us, just this big mess. Um, the big question is, though, how do we get out of that mess that we always get ourselves in? Um, it reminds me, just thinking about how to get out of the mess, it reminds me of, um, again, I worked in children's ministry, well, I still work in children's ministry now, but um, the old nursery rhyme, we're going on a bear hunt. Did y'all, did y'all ever do that in school? You're going on a bear hunt? Okay, well, this kind of thinks, and we're gonna, I'm going to kind of go off a sidekick here, um, but we're going on a bear hunt. So we're going on a bear hunt, but when we're going on that bear hunt, we're not wanting to see that bear up face to face. We're wanting to see that bear from a distance, right? Who wants to see a bear up face to face? Um, have you ever thought about some of the nursery rhymes that your parents might have shared with you when you were little? Have you ever given any thought to the words behind some of those? For instance, um, or, the, or the games, how many of you have ever played Red Rover? Anybody? Okay. Okay, if you've never played Red Rover before, the rules to the Red Rover game are that you have two teams and you have them separated and those teams form like a human chain. You have this wide spance of, uh, or space between you. And so one team calls out one person on the other and they holler, and I'm going to use myself as an example, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Karen right over. All of a sudden, Karen musters up all the energy she has in her, and she takes off running as fast as she can. And my husband's probably thinking that's kind of comical because I'm not a runner, and I, if I do run, I certainly don't run fast. But you run, run, run over there, only what? To get whiplashed whenever you run over because you're not going to go through there. You get whiplashed, you lay on the ground. Then you have to bring yourself up because you didn't break through to the other side. You've got to go back over there on the other team and hope and pray that your name's not called again. So that's one of them. And then the one that blows my mind is London Bridges. London Bridges falling down. So you know how that works. Two people have the London Bridges, and they have the people coming through, and you're singing, London Bridges falling down, falling down, falling down. Then all of a sudden, the London Bridges falls down. They've got their victim. What's the next verse? Take the keys and lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. I am so claustrophobic just thinking about that for a minute. It just drives me crazy. So then it goes further. The only way to rebuild that bridge is to have silver and gold. Then they realize we don't have silver and gold. So we have no silver and gold. And then some wise person says, let's rebuild it with needles and pins. How gruesome is that? That you're going to run across a bridge or walk across a bridge on needles and pins. I mean, these are nursery rhymes that we had growing up, um, different things that we would have. And, um, and just thinking about going through it, that your parents sang you to sleep with Rockabye Baby. I'm going to just leave that one with you so that you can think about Rockabye Baby and you wonder why babies have tremors and things at night. Okay, so back to our bear hunt. So we're on the bear hunt and we we're kind of confronted with obstacles like long wavy grass, uh, mushroom patches, wide rivers. If obstacles were only that simple, right? We stop to examine the situation and we realize we can't go over it, we can't go under it, we can't go around it. What do we have to do? We've got to go through it, right? Life isn't life without a mess and we can't avoid the messes in life, but we can get through them with God's help.
in the beginning. Matter of fact, would you show that picture again? Would that take too much, our family picture? If you saw that family picture, if you can't, okay. If you look at that picture, it seems like we're just this happy family that we got there and we posed and there was, that we just got there and it was just the perfect setting. The rocks, the trees, everything was a perfect setting. What you didn't see was what we had to go through to get to that picture. If you notice, there's four dogs in that picture. When we were going, we were going in all different directions. And then our dog, Palmer, has never been downtown before, and he wasn't leash trained, so we were trying to leash train him or trying to walk him on a leash as well. And if you never um, have walked a dog before that's not leash trained, I don't advise you to do it, especially if they're nothing but muscle. And he was nothing but muscle. So he's, we're walking through downtown, and every little distraction was pulling him here and there, or pulling my husband here and there, here and there, here and there. By the time we got to that picture-perfect setting, we were so exhausted, we were hot, we were aggravated with each other, and we just wanted to get this picture over with. Um, but if you look at this picture, you see it as something being calm, but people just don't see the chaos and the mess that's on the other side. And that is the way it is with life. When people ask us how we're doing, what do we respond with? Oh, we're good. How are you? If they only knew the mess that we were in. They may not know, but God does. Hebrews 4.13 reminds us that nothing in all creation is hidden from the sight of God. We might be able to fool people, but we can't fool God. What keeps us from calling on Him? Why do we wait until things get totally out of control? Can it be that it takes a mess getting so out of control before we realize that we're not in control? God wants us to need Him. God wants us to want Him. God pays attention and He listens to the details behind all the fear, the pain, the tears, the anxiety. And we know that in all things, even the big messy things in life, God works for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. Bella was telling me that's the FCA's life verse. That's awesome. I saw it on the back of your shirts. That's awesome. That's a good one to treasure. Have you ever thought about the trials we endure are part of a bigger story? When we think about King David's life in the Bible, his story started out great. A young, handsome, bold man, and the Bible actually says that, that he's a young, handsome, bold, ready, courageous shepherd boy facing a giant when no one else would in order to save the Israelites. By the way, did you know that Goliath, you've got this big, huge Goliath that some people believe he was anywhere between nine and a half to 11 foot tall. Can you imagine? I mean, I stand in, was standing in the, um, the elevator with the, the Clemson basketball players, and I'm sure the Furman basketball players, do we have any Furman basketball players in here? Okay, but some of them, they were so tall, I just remember standing there looking like this. They were so tall, I cannot imagine someone being from nine and a half to 11 foot tall. That's ridiculous. So anyway, that's what, that's how a lot of theologians believe, so that he was somewhere. But he had a shield barrier that went before him. So when David was called, I mean, when Goliath was calling out and taunting all the Israelites, challenging them every day to come out and fight with him, 
that, you know, that if I win, then you take us. If you win, I mean, if you win, then you take us. If I win, if we, if I win the battle, then we'll take over you. But he came with a shield barrier. I can't imagine that this big giant had to have a little shield barrier go before him. But David instead, he put his trust in the Lord. We know that David came out and said that he came in the name of the Lord Almighty. He didn't need a shield man. He had a God man. If you know the rest of David's story, then you know that he did not have a picture-perfect life. There was a lot of chaos and trauma behind the scenes. David committed many terrible sins, including adultery and even murder. His family was in turmoil, and his children were out of control. And yet, his best known as what? Anybody? A man after God's own heart. That's right. David may not have intentionally looked for trouble, like going on a bear hunt. He didn't want to face those bears face to face. But sometimes a little look or curiosity or peer pressure can lead us into dangerous situations. David made foolish and selfish choices that led up, caused a lot of hurt and pain for other people, including himself. David fell into a pit of depression, causing just again, again, just feeling abandoned. He felt like God had just forgotten all about him. Psalms 42.9 says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Have you ever felt forgotten? He says, my bones suffer mortal agony. Have you ever felt so deep in the pit that you hurt? I've been in that pit before, and it's not a good place to be. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Despite his hurt and pain, David knew in his heart that he could still call on God. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You see, David had to go through the results of his mistakes in order to see his need for the Lord. We have to go through the results and the consequences of our mistakes in order to see the need for the Lord. What Satan meant for evil, God used for good. Have you ever seen situations like that? Have you ever experienced that before? Knowing that Satan, we were talking earlier how sometimes Satan just tries to pull you from all these different directions, keeping you from doing what God wants you to do. As a matter of fact, um, even working in ministry, we experience that all the time. And you think, how in the world could that possibly happen? You're working in ministry, you're doing God's work. But when God's, when we're in ministry and we're spending so much time trying to put together things that we're not taking our personal time with the Lord, that's interference. God says to put me first, to call on my name, acknowledge Him as my Lord and Savior before we do anything else. Despite David's messy life, he knew who he could cry out to. 
David says in Psalms 34, 1 through 3. Hold on one second, I'm sorry. thought I had that marked. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Um, as I was reading this, I have to go back and say, I think sometimes I open up God's word and I read it, but I really don't pay attention to it. Remember when we started in the beginning, when we hear those songs, those little rhymes and things that we heard growing up, we really don't pay attention to the words. When I read this again, I extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. This part right here really jumped out to me. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I cannot imagine being David and having my story, my personal story, everything that is deep within me broadcasted for everybody to see. Does anybody want that? You wouldn't want your deepest, darkest moments broadcast for everybody to read about, right? But we open up God's Word and we can see every detail of David. God didn't just write His Word just for David and for us just to read this story. He wrote His Word and all of this here from us to learn from the mistakes of others and not from the mistakes of our own to try to keep us from doing that but also to insert ourselves in his word. Years ago, we had the opportunity, uh, my coworkers and I had an opportunity to see Francis Chan or hear Francis Chan at a conference we went to. And I never will forget when he took God's word and he held it up and he said, this was written for all of us. Insert yourself here. Your story, God is in the process of writing your story and my story and everything that takes place. David came out of his pit feeling refreshed, renewed, restored, knowing that God is God. When I go to sleep at night and when um, our Godchild, I showed you the picture in the, that she was in the middle, um, we always pray at night that whenever that God would bless us with sweet, sweet dreams and that we will wake up refreshed in the morning knowing that God is God. I also pray that God will create in me a pure heart, O oh Lord, and renew that steadfast spirit within me. David experienced that. Whenever he said, let us exalt in his name together, glorify the Lord with me, David came out of his pit feeling refreshed. He felt renewed. He felt restored knowing that God is God. God was definitely in the details of David's story, and God is in the process of writing yours. We may be distressed, depressed, and impatient, but God has a plan. Another one of my life verses is Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for you to prosper and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He is writing our story and he's writing it on his timetable. He makes everything beautiful in his time. We must learn to love and trust him because he knows what is best for our lives. 
if you're in the middle of something right now, I can't emphasize enough to you to put your trust in the Lord. When I was preparing for all of this, and I know it looks like a mess up here, and I apologize for that, um, I kept hearing the Lord say, you, you know, share what you know. Quit being so dependent on everything else. And here I am looking at my notes, feeling like I'm going to get lost in them. God knows every detail of your life. Nothing is hidden from, your, from His sight. That's a verse that you really need to remember. You will, just, you will pray that verse a lot. Even when you lose things in your house, you will walk around and say, God, nothing is hidden from your sight. Please reveal it to me. And He will. But remember that with the deep, dark things as well. But when I was preparing for all of this, um, we've had a lot going on in our family lately. And finally, I just said, okay, I've got to take time. I've got to sit down, and I just need my quiet time. So my husband had left and went to work over at our children's home, and they were, he was working over there, and I had everything. Just, I had God to myself that night, I felt like. Um, have you ever had that moment that you felt like God was listening to you and you only when you just had that just special, special moment? Well, I, came, I went into our bedroom and laid everything out. And I had all of these different, this different scripture. And poor Bella, I'm so sorry. Every time I'd give Bella something, God would lay something different on my heart. And I'd text her and I'd say, Bella, I'm so sorry, but I need to change the scripture, something else. God laid something else on my heart. But I remember that night just going up there and I just cried out to him. When I say that I prayed for y'all before I came, I, I take it serious. I'm so afraid that I'm going to let God down. And my whole purpose, I know that God created all of us to turn around and share His love and His light with others to make a difference. I can't do that on my own. I have to have the Lord remove me and replace me with the Holy Spirit to reach your hearts. And I pray that He's done that. But I just surrendered all to God. When you get into a situation and I know when you're in college that your mind is going in so many different directions I cannot even I don't even want to be where you're at <laughs> I don't I, I do not envy you for what you have to prepare for all the exams everything else that you face your future you're not knowing the decisions you've got to make I don't want to be you I want you to be who God created you want to be and I want him to be who I am that he created me to be So I have some questions for you. Where are you tonight? Are you in the middle of a mess that you can no longer handle? Are you tired of fighting and hiding? Do you feel like you're overwhelmed, forgotten, abandoned like David did, defeated? Do you feel like your life is one big heap of trash that needs to be cleaned up? Well, I just want to remind you, again, this is kind of repeating, God wants us to need Him. He wants us to call on Him. God listens and pays attention to the details. Nothing is hidden from the sight of God. He wants to have a personal relationship with each of us if only we will invite Him in. Trust Him. As we were singing earlier, He will not fail. He won't. God won't fail. Um, in closing, I opened with Joshua 1, 8 and 9. 
And I was talking about making God's word personal to insert yourself into his word. Um, if you feel like the Holy Spirit is leading you to say this verse with me, I've asked him to make it a personal version up here. I just want you to read it with me. Only if you feel the Lord, I don't want you to read it just because I'm asking you to read it. Only if you feel the Lord leading you that you want to make him personal, that you want to make his word personal, I'd like for you to read it with me because God is in your story. Do not let this book of the law depart from my mouth. Being careful to do everything that's written in it. Then I will be prosperous and successful. Has he not commanded me? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Okay, I'm so sorry. I thought that I thought this other was on my version that I've got on here. It's just for you to make it personal. Do not let this book of the law depart from my mouth. In other words, keep God's word. Know God's word so that you're ready. If somebody comes up and asks you about Jesus and who Jesus is and they start spilling their deep inner thoughts, everything that's going on in their life, they're looking for someone to have answers. Be ready. So do not let this book of the law depart from my mouth. Keep it in your heart. I need it to meditate on it day and night. I need to be careful to do everything that's written in it. Then I will be prosperous and successful. Has he not commanded me to be strong and courageous? I need not be terrified. I need not to be discouraged. For the Lord my God goes with me wherever I go. I pray that you will make him personal in your life. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord, but again, he does. And I pray that if you do have time just to open up his word and to dig into it, to seek him, with all your heart, all your body, all your soul, all your mind, and your strength, and you will find him, I promise. I know that y'all are going to close in prayer after the worship song, but if you don't mind, I would like to go ahead and just say a prayer now. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life in you, that I may love like thou dost love and do what thou wouldst do. Holy Spirit, I pray that if there's anyone in this room who doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, if there's anyone in this room, Lord, that is dealing with troubles and trials, dear God, that seem like they're overwhelmed, that they are in the pit and they don't know how to get out, that they will seek you with all their heart and that they will find you, dear God, that you will remind them that you understand all the details behind their fear, behind their tears, behind their pain, that nothing is hidden from your sight. 
Father, thank you for loving us despite our faults as we have many. And I'm speaking for myself as I have many. Thank you for loving me despite my faults. Father, I pray that you will go before us and that you will always remind us that you will never leave us nor forsake us and that you'll love us no matter what. And that when we surrender our lives to you, that nothing or no one can ever snatch us from the hand of God Almighty. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything. God, we love you, we praise you, we honor you, and we ask all this in your precious Son's name. In Jesus' name I pray and ask. Amen. Thank you.